0: Hello. I think it's still, okay. Can you hear me okay? Oh wait, you just have to unmute yourself. Okay. Hi, Gishon. Hello. I am so excited.
1: Me too. I've been looking forward to this for sure.
0: So have I, I am, um so have I for, for so many reasons and- <gasps> I you- can't wait to hear. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm also just excited to just be back in my workspace. So there's a co-working space that's here at my apartment that had been closed since November. And so I was really, truly working like from home at home, which was a little challenging for me for a couple of reasons. And so when it reopened on Monday, this is like my second day back after about a 10 day sabbatical from like all things work related. And so I'm just like, happy to be back. This is my second podcast recording this week, because apparently my past self gave my future self some very easy uh, introduction back into working. So I haven't had any like coaching sessions this week. It's just been podcasting, which has been really cool. So that's one reason I'm excited. And secondly, just excited to, to talk with you again, you know, like, in in a more official capacity. So I just want to say, um, before we get started this, you know, like I said before, this is meant to just to flow very much like a natural conversation. I'm going to ask you some questions and the invitation is for you to take up as much or as little space as you'd like with your answers. We're going to touch on a couple of things. And we're also just going to honor the natural flow of our, of our interaction. So if you are ready for that then we will go ahead and get started the flow is me i am so ready yes.
1: can we just acknowledge your hair first
0: can we just, okay so can we just
1: acknowledge that we will take a moment
0: <laughs> we will take a moment just to acknowledge the crown uh i i had a really very i would say it was a very eventful and an interesting hair appointment on tuesday and I haven't had like an official hair appointment in probably seven years. I usually do my own hair, color, cuts. I do everything myself. And as part of my self-care sabbatical, I decided to go get my lashes done, to get my hair done, so that when I came back from the time away that I would feel refreshed. And I do.
1: I am so happy for you. You are glowing. And I just feel like it's so beautiful whenever someone takes the time to just take care of themselves. We're taught to just stay busy. But I feel like one of the ways to just honor yourself is to do what you need to do for you. And so a 10 day sabbatical, I am so happy. I'm so
0: glad, because you deserve it, and look at you. I appreciate it, I appreciate it. So I also will say um, that I did not plan ahead for my food delivery. So there will be a possibility that I may have to pause our recording and then meet the Uber person at the door to gather my food in about 20 minutes, just a heads up. <laughs> oh, that is totally fine. <laughs> fine. Include your delivery person in the
1: podcast. Say, hey. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you know, you to, you know, just be a part of this very real experience of what exactly. life is like. Um, during- it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's just life. So I'm going to give you the floor, give you the mic and uh, the, the opportunity to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers by just telling us your name, where you're from, and what you stand for. Oh, what I stand for. Okay. Well, I'm Keita Love.
1: I am a rookie practitioner from Washington, D.C., but out the womb, I feel like I've always had a California heart. So like, I would always say I'm from D.C., but I just feel like I have the vibe of someone who prefers joy over stress. And I know that DC has a lot of transplants and you know stress is how we get things done uh, here. But um, I've always felt really disconnected from that. And so that's led me on a journey of spirituality and has just been really amazing to be able to be so insightful and take ownership of who I am and really learn to empower all of me versus really succumbing to societal standards, uh, environment standards, uh, just anyone's standards but my own. Mm. And I feel like that's a really great way to, to really sum up what I stand for. I stand for individuality. I stand for progression within self. I stand for healing self, honoring self. And that doesn't mean don't fuck up is it okay if i curse it's i'm not okay. gonna do it too much okay.
0: yes okay <laughs> i usually say that in my spiel like use whatever language or uh, what was it language body language verbal language or otherwise that you feel will best express
1: <laughs> <laughs> i tried to keep the camera above my hands because i know i can be very expressive so i was trying to be intentional about that at the bare minimum well i'm super
0: <laughs> with my hands too and as you can see it's, you know, they all <laughs> up in the spring, so it's fine. <laughs> yes,
1: yes. So, yeah, I just stand for the healing of self, taking ownership of self, and trying your best
0: to enjoy what that means. Agreed, agreed. I, I think that taking ownership of our healing is something that I feel like only recently has become normalized or has started to become normalized. Especially when we think about if we if we own the traumas, whether we want them or not, then why should we also not own the healing? You know, and, and understanding that healing is a process, you know, it is not a destination, it is a process, it is a journey. And yesterday I was listening to this meditation during my walk, and there was a quote kind of paraphrasing where he said, Healing is not about fixing. Healing is about accepting what is disclosed when you go back and review your traumas, accepting it. It's a, its coming from a place of acceptance, not fixing it, not fixing ourselves, but instead accepting ourselves is the healing process and saying, oh yes, that happened. Oh yes, that hurt. Oh yes, I was disappointed by that. And I accept that experience and I choose move forward in whatever way that looks like as opposed to looking at healing like it's meant to go back and undo things mm-hmm. or Things, and it's like well no no it's just like when someone breaks a bone the bone is broken they can reset it as much as possible but the bone will never fuse fully back together the way it was before the break because mm-hmm. it's healed. it's different now so Yeah,
1: I love that and totally resonate with that because I feel like I, for sure, when I got into spirituality, it can be really overwhelming and it can make you feel like there are so many things wrong with you. Mm -hmm. And then that becomes problematic in itself. And so I will definitely say over the course of just being involved in spirituality, I've learned that it's really just about integrating all of me, all of my patterns, all of my habits, all of my experiences. And it's not for judgment. It, Like you said, it's for acceptance. I love that that has become something that's more prominent because that's another thing that like, I kind of notice is that people use spirituality as a way to judge. Mm -hmm. If you're judging, I feel like you have it all wrong. Like, I don't want to say all wrong, but it just, it's your perspective. Right. I just feel like it's important for us as humans to never point the finger. Like we are all learning and all evolving and all growing. And so it's really important to like, just hold that vibration for someone of just creating space. Like, do you know how much love and acceptance and healing can come from just creating space and someone not knowing they're being judged? Right. It's really that simple because that's why we do things in the dark or hide things because we feel like we're being criticized and it's really about us being okay with whoever we are.
0: Right. Right. And recognizing that our judgments are often, they start off internalized, you know, the way that we judge ourselves, the way that we hold ourselves at court, the way that we're hard on ourselves. When we're observing other people's experiences, we're just forecasting and projecting that same type of judgment onto other people to the point where people no longer feel safe, Mm. allowing others to be a part of their healing experience. They no longer feel safe as, as a person who's going through it or growing through it or evolving. And that's Mm. why a lot of times when someone is really in the, I guess, in the thick of it, you know, or maybe at the beginning stages of their healing journey, they go into reclusion, they go into isolation so that they can avoid the judgment because the, the sensitivities of a, of a fresh wound, you know, can't sustain a lot of the infiltration of judgment. So it feels better, it feels safer to say, I'm gonna go over here, mm-hmm. away from all that so I can heal. Also recognizing that because healing is a process and it's a journey, once we put ourselves back out there, you know what i mean that we have to be at least prepared and aware that judgments may happen and we still have to choose to remain unattached from it you okay know? sis because it's still there you can go it's to seclusion
1: all you want to but uh you're gonna you have to great at some point okay <laughs> exactly. you're
0: you gonna be triggered <laughs> you can't stay okay in the cave forever yeah okay. 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 What, are, what are we gonna do or, um i want to make sure that your mic isn't brushing on your beautiful earrings so let me take double check, make sure they don't get twisted in there. But, um,
1: yeah, let me take I mean, these. They're
0: so gorgeous. I hate for you to remove them, but I don't want it oh, to. Oh, no, mask your lovely voice. So, yes, thank so, you no, no. for you. Mm-hmm. What does spirituality mean to you?
1: Hmm, that's a really good question. I feel like spirituality is. Connection to self, Mm. connection to intuition, connection to honoring self. I just want to keep going back to ownership. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're taught to take ownership of self, of our emotions, of our own journeys and our own process. And I feel like spirituality is the process of allowing you to meet your heart, to meet your whole self Mm -hmm. without judgment, learning what that means for you. And just fully learning to embody that. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I feel like spirituality is the the compass for love. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know not everyone feels connected to spirituality or religion, but I really feel like it's being connected to just yourself, your, your spirit, your your own energy and then translating that into something that is so pure and untainted
0: I love that that's a really good question Keyshawn what I I want to hear your perspective too (laughs) i will be podcasting and whatnot i will be having conversations (laughs) no I love that I love your answer that spirituality is is about connection to self because I think that sometimes when we hear the term spirituality, based on whatever our programming is, or our background, you know, is that we often think of connection to something outside of ourselves, you know, the recognition of something outside of ourselves, or the acknowledgement of something that is greater than us, that when we think about spirituality, we're thinking about an external relationship, as opposed to an internal relationship. And so I like what you said about spirituality as a, you know, rooted in connection to self, because, when I think about spirituality versus religion yeah. or even a religious relationship, I feel very much the same way, that it yeah. was a recognition of myself within myself, my own ideas, my own views, my own beliefs, my own you know shortcomings, my own peaks, my own pitfalls, my own perspectives, my own perceptions. When I started to really recognize that is when I really felt that thing that people talk about when they're like, when you feel with the spirit, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, when I'm filled with Keyshawn, yeah, I like that. (laughs) That (laughs) Is that the spirit we've been talking about this whole time? Cause she's, it's fantastic. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And so for me, spirituality means to me is a recognition and acknowledgement of the power that lies within and knowing that the power that lies within is greater than any power that is outside of ourselves.
1: I feel like I really wish that that was something that was taught in school. It's something that you have to figure out along the way. But if we were taught to really embody who we are, to think for ourselves, I feel like that would help so many kids just fully be themselves instead of trying to navigate a world that is just out of pocket. Okay, that's the best way I can say it.
0: Basically, (laughs) it's out (laughs) of pocket. (laughs) Out of pocket, not even on the pocket, just all outside <laughs> outside the lines and everything. No, I agree. I mean, I, you know, I have theories on why I would say it's spirituality or self-awareness or a conviction of self is not really taught because then we would be creating a free thinking society. And I don't know if that really goes in alignment with the controlled society that we currently exist in. So okay. I think that is one of my, you know, goals and intentions as a parent is to raise a free thinking human being, is to encourage and empower my son to know, even if we don't agree, you know, I recognize that you came here with your own journey, with your own destiny. And I'm just really here on my own journey and my own destiny. We're just co-creating right now, brother. So, you know what I'm saying? We gonna integrate in some situations, some situations we gonna segregate but I love you, you know what I mean? And I'm here out of love and out of support, but I think it would be fantastic, I should say, and I think it would be fantastic if more young people were given this wisdom earlier so that they don't have to wait until they're fully grown to actualize it. They're gonna keep learning it, it's gonna keep changing, but Mm -hmm. at least introduce it early, I think would be fantastic.
1: Yeah, You are already ahead of the curve if you've uh, created that space for your child. I feel like any parent that can acknowledge that their child is an individual is already doing something profound to me personally because I didn't grow up feeling like I had a voice or like my experience mattered. It was about keeping your head down and getting whatever you needed to get done done make good grades and that's it you're a child you can go have fun occasionally but because you grew up on division avenue you should probably stay in the house because <laughs> you divided the hoods mm-hmm. so <laughs> so it was really about just like keeping your head down getting good grades and so you can get a good job and then that's gonna be all you need right. but I'm emotional I'm an empath what do I do about all the things that I feel
0: yeah. Or, or even just, I'm a person. Okay. I'm not a robot. I'm a human being with, with emotions, like you said, with experiences, with beliefs, with hopes, dreams, fears, and everything in between. And could I get some instruction on that? please? However, what I think we're realizing, I was having a conversation earlier this week. Um, what we're realizing is we only got what they gave us, you know, our caretakers, parents, grandparents, otherwise, we only got what they gave us. They couldn't give what they didn't have. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, we did go into the world with a certain uh, lack, so to speak, or maybe even a certain opportunity to be able to acquire more, to actualize more, just like my son will go into the world and he's going to acquire more than what I gave. And then it's going to continue. So the, the hope I would say is the more that we start to actualize and the more vocal we are about it and the more that we express it then the quicker we'll start to see the changes happening and it won't necessarily have to be generational it could be a little quick a little sooner than that you know so
1: I definitely feel that because even with your son I I didn't grow up really doing anything, any extracurricular activities, it was always about academic academic uh, standards. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he's in school for a film, which is something that I wanted to explore, mm-hmm. but was it was frowned upon uh, because there's no money in that. I find that it is just so encouraging to see young people actually honoring their creativity and honoring their voices and honoring themselves. And that skit that they did about like the toilet paper or the lack thereof, Hilarious. So, we need that. We need those voices. And so, I definitely feel like I see a progression happening inside of society. And it makes me really excited to be a part of that journey because I see and I feel as healing as a people.
0: Agreed. I agree. I think that even something as simple as the practice of self care, and that something as simple as, you know, saying to my son, like, you need to take care of yourself, you need to make sure you're getting some rest, you need to make sure that you're not you know, pouring so much of yourself out that you're depleted. Those weren't things that I remembered hearing or learning about as a kid. And so understanding also that children model a lot and they mimic a lot of what's being modeled for them. So when they see, oh, mom, dad or caretakers are working themselves to the bone or they're not taking care of themselves, then they kind of grow up doing the same thing, thinking, well, I guess this is just how you be. This is mm-hmm. just how you eat, right? You don't sleep, you don't eat, you don't do this or that. So I've been very intentional about making sure that I model certain behaviors for him. And this does not mean by any stretch of the imagination that I did not make some mistakes along the way and still left room to even be acknowledged or, 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 or checked in a sense, not in a disrespectful way, but for mm-hmm. my son to be like, but you told me that I should, xyz so how come you ain't xyz and i'm like you know what brother you're right let me go handle myself let me go <laughs> take of you good for a little while cool because i needed that so yeah it's <laughs> come <that>. on mira <laughs> hey i mean that's what they're here for so mm. i want to ask you a little bit about when i before the, the podcast. You know, I send out a questionnaire and I'm super intentional about some of the questions that I ask on there because I just think it's a cool way to get to know each other a little bit more. And I'm always very curious about how people are going to respond. And one of the questions was, <laughs> it might've been a couple of weeks ago, so I don't know if you remember what you said. I don't. <laughs> one of the questions was, if you woke up tomorrow morning with $100 million in your bank account, what is the first thing that you would do? And your response was, the first thing I would do is purchase a loft space in Chicago, pay all my bills in advance for a year, pay off all my debt while simultaneously creating a master plan with my team to heal and empower black women and children with this new financial freedom that we have. Does that still sound like you? Yes. <laughs> Oh, I wish it was true and happening right now. So, <laughs> well, tell me a little bit more about why that's the first thing you would do. Why, why that answer? That answer resonates
1: with me because my goal is to move to Chicago by the end of the year. Every time I go there, there it, there is something about the energy that just makes my heart sing and makes it smile nonstop. There is something about the the queer community, the acceptance, the hustle and bustle, but the the peace and the fact that there is some work that needs to be done. There's some healing that needs to be done. The fact that it's surrounded by water.
0: Mm. it
1: The fact that the buildings have so much character. Like a lot of the places don't even have central AC. Like there's so much history there that just feels really good. And anytime I go, I... End up in conversation with someone and it just flows, and there's this openness there that I don't get enough in this area. In DC, I just feel really restricted. And so, Chicago just has this way of opening up my heart and just allowing me to fully show up as me Mm -hmm. and debt free. So, like, that's self explanatory. Should be stressful.
0: (laughs) 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 <laughs> <Don't nobody laughs> <need it. laughs>
1: okay. And I just, I think the reason I would want to pay my bills in advance for a year is just so that's something that I don't have to even consider or worry about because it is something that is, is something that I have to consider. And so just to take one thing off of my plate mm-hmm. and then the nonprofit, I am so drawn to healing black and Brown kids and mothers, because I feel like as we heal, as adults, whatever like whatever children we bring into the world, we'll be able to allow them the space to show up fully. But I don't feel like there are enough resources that mothers are aware of, mm-hmm. or they may not even be comfortable with those resources. And so, I would love to just be able to roll out some kind of plan that makes healing more accessible and more relatable mm-hmm. for for mothers. Um, and I was thinking about dads, oh, well, fathers too, but
0: I, I feel like that's someone else's
1: work. Uh, uh, hey.
0: <laughs> no, no, that's real. We're going to put a pin in that and come back to it. We'll continue. Yes. Yeah, I, that's not for me.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, but I love when I meet kids who are just so aware of themselves, but they may not be able to fully like access themselves in a healthy way. Uh, and I know that for me as a child I was always called a cry baby there was just so many emotions that I experienced and I felt like I had to bottle those up and I just don't want I would love to just be able to help kids navigate that space I want them to be able to have the tools to turn into adults who know how to handle life as a whole so that is yeah that's something that really rings true to me
0: teaching teaching children the power of emotional intelligence and emotional expression and emotional acceptance is so key to their overall development and the fact that it hasn't happened (laughs) so far like the, the fact that it's happening now thank god there are some parents who are actually tapped in tuned in and caretakers that are like okay yes this this is something that I wish I had known when I was a child. I wish that I knew how to navigate that. Like you said, growing up as the person who, you know, is an empath, I'm cancer, I'm the oldest of all the kids, definitely feeling all the feelings all the time and being told as a child, stop crying. Being told as a child, well you shouldn't be angry. Well you're not supposed to say that. You're not supposed to say this. And saying like I'm sorry. I'm 9. I want to cry right now and I'm going to cry and because I want to, and what you going to do about it? You know what I mean? So recognizing that the importance of getting in the habits and the practice of embracing our emotional experiences instead of feeling obligated not to Mm -hmm. for the purpose of somebody else's emotional experiences, not being impacted by our emotional experiences. Instead of recognizing we all out here feeling all the feelings. So instead of us trying to act like we're not feeling the feelings or trying to trying to limit our ability to feel the feelings so we don't disrupt somebody else's flow, then everybody's out here bottling things up. Everybody's out here developing dis-ease within their bodies and dysfunction within their relationships. And for what?
1: For what?
0: Because we're what? all uncomfortable. So let's just be uncomfortable and ego. <laughs> exactly. Because at least if we're uncomfortable in the healing process, eventually we'll be more comfortable with whatever happened then so that we can develop some space to be able to navigate what's to come. Instead of us all carrying these heavy ass loads, we over here mm-hmm. dragging around, you know, bags and, bags and bags and bags and bags and bags and they ain't filled with money. So, okay. okay. <laughs> Can we put them down, please? Okay. So no, (laughs) the reason why I like asking that question is because generational wealth is something that I'm really passionate about. And it's something that I'm really determined to introduce into the minds and and lives of people like myself. You know what I mean? People like Mm -hmm. you, people who, who know that it's out there and know that it exists, but maybe haven't actually seen it modeled and manifested in real life. And so giving ourselves the opportunity to even consider what we would do if we had it is an important part of the manifesting of it. Mm -hmm. Giving ourselves a chance to just think, what would I do if I did? What would I love that? You know what I mean? To, Mm -hmm. To know that I could purchase the space that I want, that I could set myself up comfortably and that I could give back. And that's what I love the most about people's answers is that whenever I see the give back, I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. Keep it in circulation. Yes, that makes me happy.
1: That is the goal. And I I feel like I've just met people in the past who had access but never wanted to share the knowledge, which doesn't feel good. But, you know, to each its own. I really just feel like there is a huge mindset shift that has to happen to even conceptualize that and that is a process I grew up never thinking that I would ever own property like because I I just didn't really see it modeled Mm -hmm. I maybe had I had a few family members who owned uh homes but used to growing up in apartments and so I started like feeling like you know certain things are actually accessible Mm -hmm. and I can do it and so that mindset shift I still am trying to figure out how to translate that to people who just don't understand the discord between your mindset and like your money habits. Mm -hmm. I was able to like manifest a mentor who was a millionaire like so many times over and my brain could not register what he was trying to teach me it took me a whole year to really understand all the things that he was teaching me and it's starting to come now with ease and so like just knowing and trusting that process of that mindset shift when it comes to money is so beautiful because especially like as a black person who grew up in a household where it was really about survival mode that's why like emotions wasn't a topic there's nothing to talk about with emotions we're trying to survive eat like <laughs> let's just make sure we can make it home. It might not be a safe space or environment. Let's just make sure we got these beans or whatever it is. Like- We just trying not to
0: die. Okay. <laughs> we're not- we Pretty much. Not to die from starvation. We trying not to die from violence. We just try not to die. That's that was exactly. the order of the day, yeah.
1: Exactly. So now we're integrating like all of the, the things that we've learned as far as like surviving to actually thriving. And that feels so good. It feels so limitless.
0: It does it does and it's and it is a mindset shift you know when i walked away from my last corporate job shit it's almost 10 years ago now i remember going to this yes it's been a journey i remember going to this seminar you know one of those seminars where they're like buy the book and then come here and learn how to be a millionaire you know kind of thing and i bought the book and i started reading it before the actual seminar started And I was drawn to this particular experience because I read in the first couple of pages that becoming a millionaire begins with a mindset shift. It begins with a change in your belief systems about money. It begins with a change in your relationship with money. It begins there. I can give you all kinds of financial advice and all kinds of investment advice and all kinds of money advice. However, if internally you don't believe that you deserve it, that you are capable of sustaining it, that you're, that you're capable of creating it, all that's called on deaf ears and it's not going to matter. My, my son's father is a financial advisor and when I was pregnant with my son almost 20 years ago, he was studying to get all his licenses and get all the series seven and this and that and 626. But for some reason, we've never had no damn money. So I was like, now how are you out here telling these people how to make investments and we don't have nothing but beans and peanut butter in the, lip, in the kitchen. And what is what class did you miss? <laughs> what note did you not take, right? And so it was because at the time, oh, hold on one second, sweetie. Let me double check this uh, this Uber situation. Of course, those oh, yeah, I'm very excited about them. So mm. so thank you for for that pause. So of course, what I wanted to share, or what I wanted to to ask more so is, what are some of the belief systems or views? about money or generational wealth that you were experiencing during the first year that you were working with this mentor? What are some things that were coming up for you?
1: Oof. so it was just a really, I think challenging for me to just create the new synapsis around asking for help. Mm-hmm. Um, and learning that I don't have to do everything on my own. I think that was the biggest thing. They would give me assignments every now and again, and I would spend so much time trying to figure it out on my own. Mm -hmm. But if you have resources, Mm -hmm. use them. That was a really huge takeaway for me, and that's helped me shift the mindset around what I'm creating as mm-hmm. far as my vision and spirituality goes. I've started integrating people in my life into my vision who I feel I like can hold space for and really uphold it and will not uh, deter it in any way. And right. so that, that feels really good. I don't have to hold things so close to my heart that I can't share them. Um, I feel like there is power in numbers and it's just about finding your tribe and integrating that. So I feel like that translates to money because then that means that I can, I'm still gonna learn the things that I need to learn. So I know I'm not taking being taken advantage of, mm-hmm. but I can hire people to do the things that do not spark joy for me or make me waste energy. And that has been a huge shift for me. Yeah, absolutely. They, yeah, they definitely instilled in me that they wanted me to at least have base knowledge of things, mm-hmm. but ask for help.
0: <laughs> it's, 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 about, it's about trust. Mm-hmm. One of my biggest barriers between me and the bags that I wanted to acquire was a lack of trust. A mm. lack of trust in my own ability to be able to manage finances like a millionaire a lack of trust in the ability to hire the right people to help me manage my money, a lack of trust that I could learn the things that I needed to learn, you know, a lack of my in my own ability to be able to really acquire this knowledge and really understand it and consume it and digest it so much so that I could teach other people. It was a lack of trust for me. And so what happens is when we don't ask for assistance. It's typically because, A, we don't trust that someone's going to want it as much as we do, or we don't trust that they're going to have our best interest, you know, at all times, or we just don't trust that it's going to work out because it hasn't worked out before. Maybe somebody told us that it wasn't going to work out or whatever, and we go with that. Mm -hmm. What I recognize, too, about asking for help is that it's understanding I don't want to micromanage every single aspect of my life. I don't have time for that. I don't wanna make time for that. What I want is freedom. I want freedom, okay? And part of having freedom is delegation and support, okay? So I'm like, who can I hire to take care of this yet? So I don't have to. Okay. All I have to do is wake up in the morning with a hundred million dollars in my bank account. Ma'am, come on. That. What does that look like? <laughs> okay. Yes. Well, class, and living, living in that, living in, in that in vibration, that. living in that vibration, you know, mm-hmm. and, and knowing that it doesn't mean that mistakes haven't been made or that mm-hmm. steps won't happen in the future. But if I'm operating from a place of knowing that I'm going to be divinely guided to the people that I'm meant to align with, that I'm going to set myself up to have the opportunities that I need to have, that I'm going to be in the right place at the right time with the right people to get the right shit, If I operate in that, can't none touch me.
1: But yes, yes, yes. And that's another thing, too. Uh, They used opportunities like in a way I've never seen before. They were always open to having conversations. And it wasn't to get anything from anyone, it was just a level of openness that I. I have experienced in my lifetime, but I know that over the course of my years, you you want to start protecting yourself because you feel like you might be taken advantage of, or you start to feel like people don't always have your best interests at heart. So like you were saying, it's that lack of trust, but there is a level of openness that you have to continue to just flow in mm-hmm. as you just trust that your intuition will guide you to those spaces that you need. Uh, so like just seeing them interact with people just getting on an elevator before COVID times Mm -hmm. before the Panasonic the panoramic they would just start conversations with anyone and I'm like I would not
0: Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm avoidant,
1: and I just Mm -hmm. I'm just like my energy is sacred I don't want to talk to you
0: I don't know you like that okay yeah
1: (laughs) but there's this other side of me that thoroughly
0: enjoys
1: connecting with people and so what happens when I lean into that space Mm -hmm. beauty Mm -hmm. and then the other thing that I learned from them was being comfortable
0: with spending large amounts of money (laughs) and and keeping in mind that large is subjective to a person who's making ten thousand dollars a month spending two thousand dollars on something might not be a large amount of money but someone who's making two thousand dollars a month spending two hundred dollars feels like that's ten percent of my motherfucking income do i really have that
1: That do i really have
0: that (laughs) however for someone who's making a hundred thousand dollars a month spending two hundred two thousand or even ten thousand ain't shit So recognizing that getting in the habit of not just spending large amounts of money, but investing, exchanging, circulating, the language was also a big lesson for me.
1: Mm -hmm. Changing
0: my language when I talk about money also helped to shift the mindset into an abundance and wealth generating mindset. Understanding that even ordering food there was a time not too long ago, but there was a time when the idea of ordering anything and having somebody come bring it to me, I'm like, Well, that's a, this isn't a fee and a tax, and just, I could just go pick it up. Okay. <laughs> well, that's a, this I could just go to the store and make it myself. I don't want to do that. I'm busy. I have other shit to do, and I'm hungry. So, being in a mm-hmm. mindset that says, You know what? For every dollar that I circulate, I am claiming that seven times that will be circulated right back to me, okay? So operating from that mindset, that belief system, shifting it, because the same way that I was convinced that money was not available, that I was convinced that money was scarce, that I was convinced that I didn't deserve it, I can convince myself of otherwise
1: the Mm -hmm. same way.
0: So getting comfortable with spending, investing, circulating money is what's helped me in a huge way to start to chip away and unlearn that lack mentality, to start to mm. remove and release that scarcity mentality. And what's interesting is I was looking at something on Instagram last night and somebody posted something about you know, why they, why they show like their bank account or show how much money they're making is because they, they want people to know that it's possible. And I commented like jokingly, I was like, I ain't trying to have nobody know how much money I'm making. I want them to think I'm over here clipping motherfucking coupons, like in late lane, nothing changed. <laughs> I don't want nobody to come around here begging for shit that I'm okay. Making. Because I don't give money away, I give knowledge, I give information, I give direction. And the same way that my mentor, you know, mentors, I should say, my money mentors, they didn't just hand me a stack of money and say, figure it out. That's not what they did. They that started. doesn't do anything. Yeah. What does it do? It's the whole teach a man to fish or give him fish. You know, it's the whole, that whole concept of there's more value and knowledge and information than there is in just providing you with the thing that it is you're seeking because then you'll never learn. And then you definitely can't teach.
1: Mm-hmm. I actually kind of started learning that too with my aunt because she owned her own business and she was like, I've been in situations where I've had so much money, but it all, Translated in the same way, it all disappeared because I did not know how to manage it. And so, it like it, it is. It just goes back to that mindset shift. You keep giving someone money, but they're not going to appreciate the value of it if they don't know what it took to get there. So, I've, I, I that's another thing that I've been working on. Like me investing in myself by paying down debt is one way that I am appreciating the value of money, and that feels really good.
0: Absolutely.
1: And time and time again,
0: I manifested so well. Every time. <laughs> you know, oh, I remember going to Agape years ago and hearing uh, Reverend Michael Beckwith speak. And he said, you know, money is energy. Currency is just a container for energy. And energy can neither be created nor destroyed. It's the laws of physics, right? So our efforts to stop energy from flowing by not spending or hoarding money or even spending it reluctantly is really just preventing that flow from coming back to us and he said when you sit down every month to pay your bills instead of looking at it like are these "damn bills it's more like thank you for the lights that i had for the last month thank you for the hot water that i had for the last month thank you for the dwelling that I've got to occupy because we pay our bills retroactively, regardless of what we think we do. we pay for shit that we already use. We're not paying for shit we haven't used yet. That's why sometimes they don't let you pay your utilities in advance because you haven't used them yet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so they're like, well, we don't really know how much you're going to be using. So we're only going to take this much money from you in advance. Okay. But, but it was in that experience that I, it was, it was that was the first time that I ever thought about it like that. You know, that was the first time I ever even considered, okay, so if I if I choose to view this differently, you know, like Wayne Dyer says, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Mm. It's all a matter of perspective. Mm. It's all mm. a matter of perspective. How do you want to see it is how you will start to see it. And when I think about generational wealth and and building wealth and acquisition and, and manifesting money. There's so many times that I hear people just saying like, I want, I want, I want, I need, I need, I need, but they haven't even created the container for it yet.
1: Mm-hmm. Where's the gratitude? You can't see it because you're not ready to. Exactly. And then that shifts everything. Everything. You have to appreciate what you have first. Everything. And everything. then, and it's just, I love when someone really can't see their reality for what it actually is or like the various perspectives Mm -hmm. that are happening inside of it. I feel like I'm really good at being objective and just like being optimistic about things. I'm like, I know this is your experience and you feel this and that makes sense. I would never want to take that away from anyone, but you manifested this. Imagine what
0: else you can manifest if you just shift a little bit, just a smidge, a little bit. Just And 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 when I was in DC, I remember going to this event and hearing this artist uh, perform. This was like someplace in. What was it? I guess it was like Adams Morgan no 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 I take that back it was there was this bar called a league of her own it's like this this queer bar yes I used to go there I was just talking about that place the other day Alina (laughs) okay so there's a place that was like right next door to it it was like a little teeny tiny event space I can't remember the name of it but there was a little you know artist event vibe again before COVID people could could like go outside and collect in small spaces and the artist name is um Precious. I think she's part of Boomscat, Boomcat. Boom. Oh, patience. Patience. Thank you. Patience. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Jen. I love Jen.
0: Okay. Okay. So patience. Thank you for the correction. Was performing a piece that she had done. And it was, you know, about the experience of her mother and the loss of her mother. And one of the pieces that she performed was called Who Will I Become When the Healing Is Done? And when I heard that, I was just like, whoa, okay. Mm -hmm. There's so much attachment to who we already are and who we've been. And there's so much resistance and a little bit of fear of who we'll become when the healing is done. Who will we be when we're on the other side of this? And because Mm -hmm. we don't know exactly who that person is, we have resistance towards it.
1: like, what am I holding on to? Who am I gonna be if I don't have this version of myself? And I feel like, I don't know, as an earth sign, that's always been a struggle. I'm like, I, I have this idea about who I'm supposed to be. Oh, I have to be this way, I have to be perfect. There can no be, no be, be no issues. I have to just like act like I have everything together, darling. Mm. No, honey, no. Let, let whatever the fuck you think you're supposed to be go. And just be who you are. Choose to be happy, period. Anybody judging you is a reflection of themselves, let it go. Mm. You don't have to be anything but yourself. And just peeling off those layers, letting go of all the assumptions you made about yourself just allows you to just integrate. I've been learning to say yes more mm. to the things that make me happy instead of the things that I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. And that has made such a difference.
0: Mm -hmm. It shows you more of who you are instead of who you think you need to be. All of that. All of that. I remember my son telling me one day, I said, he was probably like 12, maybe 12, 13 years old. And I said, well, you know, it's not supposed to be like that. You're not supposed to do that. And he was like, who said the first supposed to anyway? See? Like, see now, sir, when you say introspective things like that I can't (laughs) talk to okay so you win fine whatever who told you to make sense okay (laughs) I mean damn I don't know who (laughs) said the first supposed to because that was a great question because whoever said the first one is who influenced all the rest of the supposed to's right Mm -hmm. so I'm gonna switch gears okay and this is the portion of the podcast where we shine the light on Kita, and I'm gonna I have this little game I like to play called Complete the Sentence. So I'm going to give you a couple of sentence prompts and you can take up as much or as little space as you like with your responses. Okay. The first one is I am happiest when. (gasps) I am happiest when I'm near water. I love
1: water in any form. I love ponds, lakes, beaches, jacuzzis, pools. Just get me near some water, please.
0: Mm. I'm with that. I am water. And I have yeah. water. It's, oh, I'm with you on that one. Yes, cancer. Now I know. I
1: was like, oh, that's not lover.
0: <laughs> How about, I know I'm fed up when.
1: Oh, I know I'm fed up when I just don't care. Like if I'm not. If I just literally am unbothered, don't want to talk about it, nothing,
0: I'm over it. (laughs) If there's no conversation to be had. Yes, I've reached my word count on this particular topic. (laughs) It's above me now. It has nothing to do with me. I love it. It's above me. It's it's above me now. Literally out of my brain.
1: (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) That's my like new favorite saying. It's above me
0: now. I love it. And it's so, which is so accurate because it's like, no, it's literally above me in the ethers outside of my body and my existence. I therefore have no attachment to it. And I am done. (laughs) Hallelujah. God got it. Whoever you believe in. (laughs) How about, I know I've made an impact when.
1: Oof. That's a really good question because I think one of the things I am learning now is planting seeds, but not necessarily needing to see the seed blossom. Mm -hmm. And so making an impact. Hmm. I think for me, I know I've made an impact when, the first thing that came to mind was when I show up. Mm. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: Because who I am is enough. And my presence is an impact all by itself. Mm.
0: Yes. 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 How about I want to be known for my I want to be
1: known for my dance moves. I just want to turn a little bit. I just wanna I just want to move. I just want to flow. <laughs> I want to be known for allowing people to meet themselves and to honor that fully wholeheartedly without judgment and know that like who they are is enough and that process of healing or like letting go doesn't have to be so daunting there is support I just want to be known for being that that person who lives unapologetically and by way of me living my life helps other people
0: Mm, I love that so we're going to Get in a little time machine. Okay. So we're to travel back to your 16-year-old self. Oh Lord. <laughs> and we're gonna ask ourselves, what is one thing that you would say to your 16-year-old self?
1: Oh. 16-year-old me was coming out, honey. So that was a process in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I would tell myself that who I am is more than enough and to honor what I am experiencing, no matter what the cost is, Mm. um, because people are going to have their assumptions and make their demands and try to control your narrative in your life because of their own limitations and their own thought processes. And it has nothing to do with you. Do not allow anyone to deter you from who the fuck you are. Period. So I would definitely say that because my coming out experience was so interesting. I really thought I was going to grow up without a mother. And that situation really taught me that I don't really have to give a fuck about anybody. If my own mother is feeling some way about my sexuality and I'm going to grow up without that person, my father's already not here. Mm-hmm oh, I don't have to give a fuck about anybody but myself. That's what's most important. So I would definitely just integrate more of myself into everything I touch, see, do, feel at 16. I love that. Yeah.
0: Okay. So now we're going to get back into our time machine. Okay. forward to the last days of your life And I want you to tell me what you want your legacy to be.
1: Oh, my legacy. The first, I just had an image of me being surrounded by a bunch of like kids and their mothers Mm -hmm. and just people who I've just met along the way who have been positively influenced by me. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're just in this like really huge, busy photo and everyone just looks so happy. I just, and I just feel like I'm surrounded by love and I am love. That's what I see just just a, a collage of the people that have impacted me and that I've impacted in a, in the most beautiful and positive way. Mm. Yeah, on my Oprah shit.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay, be, the, the way I like to end my podcast is with a little bit of an oracle read. And I'm working with this really cute and lighthearted deck that I've been using since I started this podcast in 2018 called the Oracle of E. And it's exactly a 52 card deck. So I just like you to pick a number between one and 52. Seven. Seven. A lot of people love seven. Really? Believe it or not. And I also pull the card that represents today's date, which is the 19th. Today is also my grandmother's birthday. She transitioned in 2017 and, um, and she is showing out today. So I'm acknowledging grandma. Thank you for it. Yes. Happy face. birthday, grandma. Yes. So the message for card number seven is leaping in love and the, it has a little guidebook and I just like to read directly from it because they're so cute. So leaping in love. Romeo and Juliet they've got nothing on you it's romance time whether it's a new partner or falling more in love with your rock star self become besotted with your dream act as if it has already happened everything as they say is coming up roses except this time without the thorns oh I love super cute right that's cute I resonate with that love it so the second card number 19 is bazinga it's just a big old exclamation bazinga and the message is well 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 don't you have it going on now's the time to reveal in the sweet taste of the fantabulous you you've hit your mark go on take your victory lap pop a cork. Let's get this party started because celebrations are lining up at your door.
1: Oh, I love that. All of this resonates. All of it resonates. What a time to be alive. What a time to
0: be alive. What A, time- a dream
1: and a jewel you are. Okay. A dream and a jewel.
0: Yes. I love it. Well, I just want to say thank you again, Kita, so much for taking the time to sit and chat with me today. I, What I love about these conversations is that I never know what direction they're going to take. And there's always something in it for me. There's always something that I walk away with. And I'm just so grateful for your yes and for your presence and the work that you're doing. I just want to affirm you for showing up and being exactly who you're meant to be and doing exactly what you're meant to do. And I want you to know that you are seen, that you are heard, and that you are acknowledged and celebrated. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Keyshawn. I adore you. Thank you for thinking of me. Like I said, just a dream and a jewel. The way you show up is just authentic. And I feel like we need more of that in the world. And just adore you. Just adore you, period.
0: Thank you. (laughs) I received that. I received that. All right, boo. Enjoy the rest of your day and we'll be in touch soon.
1: All right. Be well. Peace. Okay.